<clears throat> Father, we come before you and, and we just thank you this morning uh, as we, we indeed rejoice and we are so tremendously glad that we are able to come to worship you through your son, Jesus Christ, by your spirit that is inside of us. And we just thank you, Father, for your goodness towards us. We thank you that we can indeed uh, sing this song of how Jesus is so precious to me. And may that ever be so in our hearts, even as we come to now turn to hear your word. And we pray, Father, that you would help us, Lord, as we we need to have uh, a heart and minds that would, and as a church, that we would be a people that look to, that cling to, that hope in, and, and do all we do founded upon Jesus Christ. And so may that be us, and may that be each person here, and may each person here uh, be about you, um, and not just here, um, but beyond here as well. And give me grace, Lord, as I come... Uh, usually weak and uh, insufficient for these things, uh, and it is only you who make me sufficient, uh, but ever more so with my uh, voice uh, being less this morning, but we look to you, and I know you'll help me, and so we look to you and pray that you would now bless our time as we turn to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we get into the word this morning, I want to just simply say thank you so much for your kind welcome uh, last Sunday evening. I know we were just so blessed uh, by that time to be able to have that and talk with you and and get to know you better, and uh, it was just so good, and we are truly glad to be here, and uh, we are so uh, just appreciative of your kindness, and that is good. You know, as I step back and I look at that, and I say, there is the love of Christ, you know, expressed, and, and that brings me greater joy uh, than you know. And so I, I just rejoice that that is in you, that God is doing that work in you, that you have this heart of love to serve Him primarily. Yes, to welcome us, but to serve Him to the utmost. And so that, that brings me more joy than anything else. And I can say, you know, from the first time we came here until now, uh, I can sincerely say that our heart has been yours. You know, uh, we've been called here. And, and I, I will say with that that we love you, Haven Baptist Church. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful uh, to be your pastor. Now, over these past weeks, you know, I hope it has become clear that I have a conviction that I believe in preaching the Word of God. I believe that the culmination of our time together is hearing from God in the preaching of God's Word. So you and I need His Word, and we don't just want some of God's Word, we want all of God's Word. And so this conviction then, that I believe in preaching through books of the Bible, and I know that's not something you're unfamiliar with, I know Steve did that as well, and from everything I've heard online from him, he did it well, and he did a phenomenal job in preaching through the Word of God. Um, And so that is what I'm going to do. We're going to walk through books of the Bible together, preaching through a book, verse by verse. And in doing that, it uniquely allows us to hear the whole counsel of the Word of God. When perhaps we may be inclined to stay away from certain passages we may be uncomfortable with, which, you know, even pastors would do that too, (laughs) is stay away from passages that perhaps are a little more difficult 
Well, this is not allowed when you preach through books of the Bible. You are required to walk through the entirety of the counsel of the Word of God. And that is good. And that is what we want. And that is what you should want as well. And so it is with that conviction then we turn to begin uh, this morning a walk through the uh, letter of Colossians. So you're welcome to turn there. But why Colossians? Well, as I have said, I come to you to preach Christ. And what better book to preach through than a book whose central theme and purpose is about looking to and about hoping in and about clinging to and about founding all of life upon Christ? You know, I I, want to be about that. (laughs) And I want you to be about that. And I want us to be about that. And so in light of this purpose that Christ will be exalted above all, which is the purpose of Colossians, and we see that over and over again. In light of that, then let us turn to these opening verses uh, from this grand letter. And may we come to these opening words as God, God's God-breathed words. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as in indeed the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you. Since the day you heard it and understand, understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So first, you know, as we come to this letter, we see as Paul often does in his letters, you know, we have this greeting here. And so right at the beginning, we first see here a gospel-grounded greeting. Now, I know many of you right now, you know, are excited beyond measure because you love talking about salutations, right? You know, dear so-and-so, hello so-and-so, to whom it may concern, all those just make you want to dance. I mean, that's like watching an exciting movie, you know, and now kidding aside, you know, I realize that, you know, epistles, greetings may not seem of prime importance, when we come to the letters of the Bible, the New Testament. But this is just why I want to focus on them now, because with these opening words, lest we forget, they also are inspired by God. They aren't simply, you know, thrown away words that we just kind of read to get on to the good stuff. You know, of course, when we come to Bible greetings like this, you know, we learn various things. 
uh, from them, like the author and recipients and those kind of things. But, but notice here first that Paul, he writes that he is an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So Paul, he has been given divine authority. He's been given divine authorization by Jesus Christ himself to carry on Jesus' word and message. And this is where we must stop and say, Paul was authorized by Christ to fulfill this calling. But with the death of the last apostle, so ended the apostolic ministry. But we have the letter here, and we have the apostolic letters for us, and in that way it continues because we have God's revealed word from the Spirit, or by the Spirit, from the apostles. But in other words, what we have here, and what we should see, is the days of the apostles are over. This office has ended. Now, you know, some say this word, uh, apostle, Uh, maybe used today in like the way of messengers or those who are charting new territory missionally. But I want to make sure that we are clear on this. Let us not be confused. The apostolic office, as in those who are called and commissioned by Jesus Christ himself, is over. Now, this point, it runs counter to the claim of some. You know, particularly the claim of those who are Roman, uh, believe in Roman Catholicism. So here, the claim is that Pope is the, uh, the Pope is the successor to Peter, and that whoever is the Bishop of Rome is Christ's representative on earth. And let me just say, you know, I, I, we come to this, and I say this with all love, if you are here and you believe this, let me, let me just encourage you to consider whether this is the testimony of Scripture. And bring us back to what God's word says. You know, when, when Jesus tells Peter that the church will be built upon this rock in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is pointing in part to Peter, yes, but to Peter by virtue of his confession. And what was his confession? I'll leave that to you to read for yourself in Matthew 16, but this was his confession. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it is this confession, and it is this rock that we see then go out in Acts. And we see the apostles declare, even here in the New Testament, it is this confession upon which the church is built, and the gates of hell shall not prevail over it, is what Matthew 16 says. And not over, the, not over Peter as the rock, but upon that confession. And so, if you want to hear from God, go to God's word. God has given us his final word. And here we have in the Bible God's necessary, his sufficient, his authoritative, his clear, his God-breathed word from now until the very end. And in these last days he has spoken to us through his Son, is what Hebrews tells us. So, Along with saying that greetings matter, here we say also that grace and peace matter as well. Paul, he writes, Grace to you and peace from God our Father 
And so here we have two essential pieces of the gospel, right? It is a gospel of peace and it is a gospel of grace. And so we come alive by grace through faith and we now live by the empowering grace of God. Hence, we bank on grace from the very beginning, Ephesians 2, that you studied this morning in Sunday school. We bank on grace from the very beginning until the very end. Now, empowering grace by the Spirit of God is why you long for the things of God. It's why you pant for God. It's why you are here this morning is the grace of God at work in your hearts. It's the grace of God right now that you actually want to hear from what the Bible says. It's why you read and you pray. It's why you are becoming more like Jesus. And it's why you endure. And it's a grace for today, for tomorrow, and forever. And so may we live dependent on grace. May we say, Lord, Give me more. Grow me and change me. Make me more like Christ. And then like Paul, when a thorn comes and it burrows in your side, which it may very well be burrowing in your side right now, as you've walked through the week, you have that thorn in you. Be reminded, His grace is sufficient for you. Grace for today Grace for tomorrow and grace for forever. But also, rest in the peace of Christ. Now this is a unique peace. It's it's an exclusive peace. It's a kind of peace even a Chick-fil-A sandwich cannot give you. Though, I like Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And I know some of you probably will want to debate me afterwards, but there's peace in a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Well, I'm sorry, it's not the same. True peace is only found in Jesus. And this is a peace that is with God, that comes from God, and that is sustained by God. And you cannot have it. It is not yours without God through Jesus. And if you have it, rest in it. Rest in the glorious truth that has been given. It is sure and it is coming. And be a people of peace. A peacemaking and peace-proclaiming people as well. Friends, grace and peace are from God our Father, but woe to the person, to the people who are known for neither. So Paul... Then he continues, following this gospel greeting, he continues with a prayer-filled gospel thankfulness. So we know here first Paul's regular habit of prayer. You know, he, he writes, when we pray for you. So Paul, he made it his habit to pray. You know, I, I remember a dear sister and the Lord, who would often just you know stop me and tell me that she was praying for me, you know, every time I saw her, she would say, you know, Andrew, I'm praying for you. It might have been Andy. I can't remember which one I was going by then, but either way, she would stop me and tell me she was praying for me. In fact, you know, throughout the church, she was known as a mighty woman of prayer. 
she had a list of people she would pray for, and you know, she made it her regular habit to labor in prayer before God for these people. I mean, what examples that encourage us? And maybe, you know, many of you, that would be you, that you are a, a man or a woman of prayer. And my goodness, that is exactly what we need to be in. So let me ask you, when do you pray? Now, men and women of prayer, they did not become that way overnight. Contrary, perhaps, to the way we think of it or even to seeing it, we think, well, I can't be that. Well, they started with a day, which eventually became a week, which turned and then became a month, which continued on to years and then continued on even still to decades, which then continued on to a lifetime that they are a man, a woman of prayer. And may we be men and women of prayer. Begin, if you haven't, somewhere. Somewhere is better than nowhere, and so begin there. Begin somewhere. Beginning with a mound of dirt is better than going straight for the mountain. So begin. But begin. Also see from these opening words here, it's good to thank God for God's work in others. This isn't, you know, about a kind of spiteful thankfulness. So we're not coming saying, Lord, thank you for Joe. I'm so glad that you're working on him because, you know, he sure needs some work. That's not the way we're coming with this kind of heart of thankfulness. We are to come with a genuine thankfulness for God's work in other people. Lord, thank you for Joe and how you're working in him and what a work you're doing and how that work is just... Uh, you're doing, and, and I pray that that would be in me as well, and in us as well. So thankfulness of this sort, what it does is it, it begins killing self, and it begins exalting Christ. And how much less do we all need of self and more of Christ? So rejoice, be glad, thank God for His work, and continue on and pray that it would continue all the more as well, God's work. And Paul, he can, continues on here as well, and, and he encourages us that for the sake of Christ and the gospel, then may it be that we would embrace a world-changing, Christ-exalting, fruit-producing faith in Christ. And this is exactly what was happening among the Colossians. What do I mean? Well, Their faith in Christ was the first reason Paul gives thanks to God. Thanking God that it was going out into the world. That it was making much of Christ. And that fruit was abounding. Their faith is what was turning the world upside down. And this, note this, that this is not some general faith. This isn't a faith in in self It's not a faith in your your dreams. It's not a faith in faith. It's not a a faith as a force. But it's a specific, focused, personal faith in the real, living, and personal Jesus. This is self, not more. This is more of Jesus, not less. 
And this is the kind of faith that saves. Faith in Jesus, and it is this faith that transformed the believers of Colossae and can transform our neighbors, our friends, our family members, and you as well. And this is the faith that we want the world to hear about. This is the faith that we just saw a video about Operation Christmas Child, a faith that we want the world to hear. Jesus Christ came to die and to save sinners. May we also embrace a world-changing, Christ-exalting, fruit-producing love toward each other. So this is the second reason Paul gives thanks to God for the Colossians, is their love for all the saints. Their love for one another had become known Wow. I mean, that's good. So how can we become, how can we be known for this kind of love? Well, you know, over the years, you know, in my life, I can say that one person who has demonstrated and modeled love towards others above any others, you know, in my life is my wife. You know, even this week, you know, she was, she was sick. The beginning of the week, I mean, she was sick, you know, knocked down kind of sick, and uh, which means we were all knocked down. You know, now she's better, as you can see, she's here, so don't be afraid to talk to her today. But you know what? Later in the week, she would turn to do what? She would turn to care for us. You know, even as I began to lose my voice, you know. We found a recipe for uh, cayenne pepper and uh, honey, and I've been eating that. So she helped me with that and got all that put together. She, she has walked with arms outstretched, legs ready to serve, and a heart that loves others. And she has taught me what it means to love others, what Christ-like love looks like. And I would encourage us all to adopt a mindset of service to others. May we learn to be quick to ask, how can we serve one another? How can we care for one another? How can we encourage one another? How can we be praying for one another? I mean, adopt those kind of concerns in your vocabulary. Let us be quick to ask, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I encourage you? How can I be praying for you, brother, sister? And in this way, we will spur on love towards one another that will make much of Christ and people will see it as it needs to be seen. And even as Jesus said, it should be seen. Thirdly, let us Embrace a world-changing, Christ-exalting, fruit-producing, certain hope. The reason for their faith and the reason for their love was this. Their hope laid up in heaven. So their faith and love were founded upon this secure hope. And this hope they heard from the gospel, a word not made out of styrofoam, a word not made out of plastic, a word not made out of putty, but this was a word of steel, a word of truth. 
A secure hope. And this hope was locked up. Hope impenetrably kept. It was no fantasy. Not mere tale or fancy. It was real, firm, done, your Christ. And so let me spur you on then, in light of this secure hope, to let your faith fly. Let it be heralded. Let your love be given and freely lavished on others. He has you. You are His. And so be transformed. Take the risks. Follow His Word. Be changed. Stand upon it and let the Gospel be the Gospel to all because there is where hope is found, received, and known. It's this Gospel that will not simply be a profession, but is world-changing. That's the kind of hope that changes the world, is one that's not just simply, I know Jesus, but I know Him, and I love Him, and I am living for Him. And that's exactly what it was doing with here, wasn't it, for the Colossians. Jesus was being lifted up, and fruit was going everywhere. So friends, don't exchange this hope for sinking sand, but look to it. Hope in it, cling to it, and let your life be founded upon it, and watch what fruit will be born, ever increasing. Do you want that? Amen. And let me tell you, if you want that, it's going to be hard. <laughs> you look at, I've said this before, I think on a Wednesday night, but you look at the revivals of old, and the work of God is messy, but it is good. And we want that mess. We want this fruit to go out. We want the gospel to go out. We want people to stand upon this hope because it is a secure one that this world does not offer. And then lastly, may we do so, stand upon this secure hope, never forgetting that the gospel came to you as well. The gospel is a gospel received. Remember that you were once lost. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins. But now you also live by this gospel hope. We have here the example of our brother Epaphras. It was Epaphras who brought the gospel to the Colossians. And what was Epaphras? What was he called? What does Paul call Epaphras here? He was a servant. He was a faithful minister of Christ. And it was from his gospel faith, his gospel love, and his gospel hope that he went and he came to them. And many have came to you, Israel, right? That's why you're here. Someone came to you. The word of God was heard by you. May we never forget that fact as we see the lost around us and those who are in need of someone coming to them. So, may we be a ready hand in the tool, may we be a ready tool in the hand of the master. 
and be ready for use, ready for service. And let us go, as we have received the gospel of grace and peace, let us go and take it to other people. Let us be an Epaphras to Madison. Let us be an Epaphras to Huntsville. And let us be an Epaphras beyond Madison, beyond Huntsville, and beyond Alabama, and beyond the United States, and into all the world. And let us do so all with hearts and lives, looking to, hoping in, clinging to, and founded upon Christ that he would be known and exalted above all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we just thank you for your word. We pray, Father, as all people here coming from variety of backgrounds and different experiences, pray that you would help your word to be received this morning and pray that uh, you would help us to stand upon this gospel of peace, this gospel of grace, this gospel of hope. May we be a people who are just shining the light of our faith in Christ, in him. And may our love go out and be known and may we be a fruit-producing people for the glory of your name. And I pray, Father, as well, that there may be people here who are in need of looking to Christ, to having this faith that is in Christ. Perhaps they're here and they've been, their faith has been in many things, but it's not been in Jesus. I pray that this morning that they would consider their own state before you, that they are in need of the Savior, that they are sinners separated from you and they need Christ to save them and make them right with you. And so may they respond this morning and we pray, Father, that you would do that work. And may you bless us as we respond and take this word out for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.